to Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. I'm Rick Cushman. And I'm Paul Wagner. Today we are listing all the things people can do wrong with wine, Paul. There is nothing you can do wrong with a bottle of wine, right? Exactly. And okay, yet good. tons and tons of wine folks constantly, right? They teach, they yep. blather, blah, blah, blah. Ten things you're doing wrong. The wine shop, the wine bar, the wine table, blah, blah, blah. Only thing you can do wrong, not getting the bottle open. Well, or pouring it in someone's lap. That's really more of a dork thing, and that's I should, should know. know. It's my thing. You it's what I do. Know. I, you yeah, know right. what it does do is it, it buys me lots of room at the dinner table. <laughs> I get I get plenty on each side. In know. other words, p- other people are sitting boy girl boy girl, and then there's space space. Rick, space, space. Yes, sometimes they're holding napkins in between. That's right. Also, today we have listener questions about the taste of butter and wine, oh, and yeah. why sommeliers always look so stiff and dismissive in their pictures, which is totally true, and about it, what is a site-specific wine, what it tastes like? What does a site-specific wine taste like? It tastes like like dirt. I hope not, but at least not a good one. (laughs) (laughs) And as usual, we will, of course, make fun of wine snobs. Excellent. By the way, we're also pretty... Thrilled to say this, Paul, that we are starting to with today's show, we are part of the Capital Public Radio podcast lineup. Well, that's cool because they've been very nice about letting us record in their studios, but now we're actually sort of part of the team. It's it's very foolish of them, actually. Do, I hope we don't bring the whole station down. Do we get a T-shirt? Uh, no, you still have to contribute on the pledge drive to oh, get a T-shirt. We do that anyway. Yes. So. But look out, NPR. Uh, so let's hear it for Capital Public Radio, home to terrific journalists and big-time risk-takers. <laughs> All right. Let's get back to our point that, unlike putting a podcast on your lineup, with wine, you really cannot do anything wrong. And despite what a lot of writers say, no, you cannot. And, Paul, let me read you a line from a well-known magazine writer. Right. Is it going to be one of these, have you ever heard of anything more horrible, and they point out that the wine was served in the wrong glass or something? This is much, much worse. Oh, good. I can hardly wait. It was from a story, major magazine, about sommeliers. I'm doing, yes. that, with, I'm doing that with air quotes, sommeliers. Yes. Um, who, because that's what they call themselves, but they're popping up for all manner of food and drink. Uh-huh. Yes. So this okay. was a part of the story where the writer admiringly talks about a water sommelier and says <laughs> admiringly that the, the sommelier says tartly, quote-unquote tartly, that's the writer's word, most people are doing water wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? yeah. Like pouring it in their ear, <laughs> nah, you know, you or like that. I don't know. Yeah. Like, just, or as a friend of mine says, you know, we used to we used to not worry about hydration. We just drank when we were thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, it, it's, 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 you know, wow. it's, it's like the worst advertising campaign approach, which is you instill fear in people. Then you give them something that make them right. less fear. Right. But dear Lord. So what I'm assuming is that to do it right, you need to pay the sommelier like Lots of money, well, right? As it turns out, Paul, he says if you do it right, you should get the water that he recommends, which yeah. he sells in his restaurant mm-hmm. for $38.50 a liter, which uh, pencils <laughs> out to about $29 if it were a bottle of wine. For a bottle of wine, that's right. Right. So um, that's not, if, if you want to talk wow. about, if you want to talk about wrong, that is wrong. That's wrong. All right. You know, maybe, maybe what you could do is go to the tap. And you could put a glass there. Um, you know, and there's another kind of wrong, too. I mean, the, the levels of wrong, that is, you just don't want to spend too much time because it'll just give you a headache. But there's another kind of wrong. We talked not so long ago about 
another a newspaper writer, well-known newspaper writer, who rather lazily or snobbily quoted a couple of those too cool for school psalms about wine and wine shop people about complaining that customers didn't know how to ask for wine. They were asking for right. wines wrong. Well, they're asking for wine wrong, and they didn't know what they meant when they used the terms they were using. Yes, and this term was Paul smooth, which is what everybody says because that's the number one descriptor that's that right. people ask and, for. And actually, people know exactly what it means. It's the sommeliers who were having trouble figuring it out. Right. And that was the amazing thing about that story was this writer unironically quoted these knuckleheads <laughs> saying, That's right. I, I don't know what a smooth wine is. Or, oh, well, they don't really mean smooth. What they mean is yes. high pH, relatively low tannic acid, blah, 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 blah. Right. No, they mean smooth, actually. Yeah, yes. So, yes, you too cool for school psalms and wine shop people, that's the word. Smooth is, you know, like when you feel something and it feels smooth. That's smooth. That's smooth. <laughs> yes. It's just so, Rick, I'm, I'm, I, are there tasting notes? 3850 for a liter of water. <laughs> yes. I want to know. Yes. It's, is it um, smooth? It's uh, uh it's uh H two O on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> on the palate it's watery. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't I have no idea. This guy did not have tasting notes. He didn't say why people were doing water wrong. They just were because they weren't him. Right. Um I it's That's great. Yeah, yeah. This That's was great. You know, Rick, I I've been saying this for years, but I think you're doing air wrong. You know, I, I'm thinking that, too. You know, you breathe in, you breathe out, but you're really, you're not really doing it right. I'm not paying enough for my air, am I? <laughs> you're not. I should be paying I have some more. air I'd like to sell you well, that thank you. I think well, would help you a lot. If, if it'll make me cool and so the water song will like <laughs> me, I will buy your air. I totally will. All right. Uh, we could go on with examples like that, but, you know, it, the answer is there is no wrong. There's no wrong. You drink the wines you like, the way you like, you talk about them the way you like, any way that makes sense to you. And, and if somebody doesn't like that, you sit them next to Rick at the next dinner party and yeah, he'll take care of them. I'll take care. I'll pour wine in their lap. <laughs> All right. And yeah, there's really – but there's nothing that you can do wrong with wine. That's right. In fact, if there's only if, – if there's one thing you can do wrong about wine, it's telling people – there's a wrong way to drink wine. Mm -hmm. That's wrong. Yeah. So I th it's okay for me to like to go in the store and just open the bottle and drink it in the aisle, then? Yes, it is, Rick. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's the well, sampling program. Okay. All right. Well, we're good. Often, often it will entitle you to a free room and board stay at a local civic institution. Wow. Oh, uh, you know, you know, I'm a supporter of civic institutions, so <laughs> th this this could be fun. Well, uh, speaking of free. Uh, the advice that we're about to give is the uh, is well worth that is, price. Is worth the price because <laughs> we are about to take questions from listeners. Cool. Thank you for listening to Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. If you'd like to ask us a question, you can go to our website. If you're not already there, that web website is rickandpaulwine.com, all one word. And don't forget, we are on iTunes. You can subscribe for free. One little itty bitty click. <laughs> all right, our first one is from Amber in San Luis Obispo, wine country. Amber is another foolish person who asks us something of a relationship question. Yeah, I People love these. should know better. That's <laughs> the other thing you can do wrong with online is ask us to help you with your relationship. All right. She says, my new boyfriend is a really good guy. I need to start with that. Okay. We like good. Amber. Good. When we go to dinner or when he comes over, when I'm cooking, he always brings a bottle of wine, but it's it's always not very good stuff like name removed so we won't get sued. Hmm. He just doesn't know anything about wine, and I don't want to hurt his feelings, but I want him to bring a wine that I like. 
What should I say? Ouch. So now this— I have a solution. So this—we <laughs> should say that here we are talking about not doing anything wrong with wine, and now we're sort of tiptoeing on doing something wrong. But it's really not doing something wrong in the way of these psalm types. What you're saying is she wants him to bring a wine that she likes. That's a- really Amber's the thing. not doing anything wrong. Neither is her boyfriend. Yes. But this is a relationship question. It's a communication issue, isn't it? That's well? right. And so the solution is for Amber to say, as we all know, the the— Name removed so that we won't get sued wineries generally make a relatively limited selection of wines. Merlot, Chardonnay, Cabernet, Pinot Noir, Pinot Grigio, Zinfandels, probably about what they make. So what Amber needs to do is the next time the boyfriend's coming over for dinner, she needs to say, we're having, we're having chicken cacciatore and could you br- maybe bring me a nice Italian red to go with that? Yeah. Now she has given him some direction. You know, this is the old story, Rick. It's a woman who's actually asking for what she wants rather than waiting for the guy to figure it out. And it'll probably be the old story of the guy not hearing it. But that's, an- <laughs> <laughs> that's another, but whole, it's worth, another whole problem. It's yes. worth a shot. Yeah. Another way, too, is simply go, go shopping with him. Well, that's true. You know, and say, but you she's know, cooking. Yeah, but another time, just when you guys are, if you're out, and he seems like a really good guy, he'd probably go shopping with you and say, you know, here's, I love this one. Next time you come over, Bring me that one, would you? Because I love that one. Or here's an even f- more fun suggestion. Go shopping with him sometime to a wine shop and just buy three, four, five different bottles of wine that say, hey, wouldn't it be fun to just try some of these new and interesting and different things? Once again, he may be slow, but if he's a good guy, he'll take that hint and say, next time I need to bring her something like this. Yes, and there's one other piece of that too is you can also go shopping with him and use the Rick method. Pull out his cell phone. And say, uh, yes. um, you know, these wines I really like. Just so the next time we come over, there's a good place to good place to go with these and get take a couple of pictures of the wines that you like. And now he'll have a reference point. I thought the Rick method was to go into the wine shop, Knock start opening bottles, well, yeah, and and drinking them and saying, oh, I like this one. Yes. Well, this is the do as I say, not as I do <laughs> version of it. Okay. Uh, Amber, that may actually have been a little bit of useful relationship advice. Somebody should okay. mark this down. That's right. This is, this is, not, this is not our normal way. <laughs> we were, where did we go wrong? I know. And the second one is from Andrew in Pleasanton. Why do some wines have a butter taste and some don't? I think he's talking about white wine. Uh, some whites. He says, yes. why do some whites have a butter taste and some don't? Yep. There's a reason. Yep. And it's not about butter. No, and it's it, about genuine butter flavoring. However, well, well, it is, and it's it's it should be pointed pointing out we're talking about butter, not better, right? right. Or worse, <laughs> or Betty Botter. You know, she bought right. a bit of batter and made her bitter. Never mind. So, would you like to tell twister. them the name of the chemical that's used I to will. make? It's the, called diacetyl. Diacetyl. It is the stuff that is the genuine butter flavoring. In your buttered popcorn at right. the movies, or it's the stuff they put into. I can't believe it's not butter. It's the it is does taste like butter, right. and it's a byproduct of uh, something called malolactic fermentation. You mm. don't need to know that, but some white wines go through that. Some of them don't, and so when they do, they do that for all kinds of reasons. Some of it's to stabilize the wine, but there's <laughs> other ways to do that. But it's to create that flavor. So yep. this it, it it is a purposeful thing that winemakers do. But it, it does have some, a harmless chemical in it that is – or harmless compound, I should say, that has an actual butter flavor. Right, which is really tasty with some wines and for other wines doesn't 
no. taste very good. So if you, I'm, I'm suggesting, for example, if you have a wine that has a sort of an apple-y character, butter and apple sometimes sort of tastes like apple pie, and that's pretty good. But then the strawberry with butter doesn't seem to appeal to as many people. So you That's kinda... why I, I've stopped dipping my strawberries in the butter. Have you? Yeah, no. I go right yeah, now. Now a... I go for ketchup. <laughs> well, match the color. Yeah. That's, the, that's the key thing yeah. in wine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it's>, exactly. Excellent. <laughs> that's here, yes. So that's what it is. It actually is. They do that on purpose, and it is it's just a, a product. And it also— So that the, the, make... better doesn't, the butter doesn't come from the batter. It comes from the better batter. It comes from the better batter that that's not bitter. To not make, yes. There actually is a tongue twister that we're not going to waste time on because <laughs> we already sound juvenile enough. <laughs> Andrew, I don't know if that answers your question. But the answer is that there is, it is a byproduct of a reaction they do. It also, when it does go through that malolactic fermentation, as they call it, it does make the wine a little, uh, um, it turns the malic acid, which is green apple, the acid right. in green apples, that sort of brightness, right. into lactic acid, which is the acid in milk. Right. So it gives it a less luscious, more lush feel. Right. And some wines want that and some wines don't. And generally, if you think about the wines that do have that butter flavor to them, they are also a wines with a, sort of a creamier, whites yep. with a creamier so, mouthfeel. So malic is from the mal, which is the, not not M-A-L, but um, what is it in um, in French apple is pom, but there's an, a Latin word mel that's, that's apple, and lactic is from lactose, so malic acid to lactic acid, apple acid to milk acid. But if you are lactose intolerant, do not worry. This wine won't hurt you. Right. We might, but that's another problem. <laughs> All right. That's it for questions. We have more coming up. Uh, you're listening to Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. We thank you for that. Next up, we've got some really horrible wine writing. Yes, we do. As you can tell by that music, if you've heard us before, if you're new to us, that means stand back, some bad writing headed your way. Paul. So this one fits in with your comment about people are doing water wrong thanks to the water sommelier. I'll bet that that water sommelier curated his list of waters. <laughs> I'll bet he did. And you know what? Curating... I'm sorry. Maybe for a museum you have a curator, but somebody who buys nine wines, puts them on a list, does not get to call himself the curator of the wine list. Yes, and now that that's the thing these days, isn't it? It's everything. It's like it's a curated list of toast. Yeah, we have wheat, rye, and sourdough. <laughs> and you whole, know? That's yeah. right, whole grain. Yeah, <laughs> what a waste of everybody's time and energy. It's not really what curated means. So go back to school, learn how to speak English, and then we'll get you a job and a real job somewhere. Yes, yes. Chose is fine, though. Maybe we can get you a water sommelier Yeah, job. yeah. Actually, that, that's what that guy does. All right, so mine— Now, I want to ask you a question, right? Yes, sir. Um, when you when you identified this piece of bad wine writing, did you curate it? Well, I chose it very carefully. Well, that's and curating what, no, as then far as— I, I aged it, and <laughs> I, uh, I used my little anthropology <laughs> dusting, uh, and then I, I compared it to the other market-priced uh, bad words. Um, <laughs> Excellent. And, uh, yes. Uh, Good. Right. So I, this is this. We have a curated show for you today. <laughs> I've curated another uh, bit of bad writing. Uh, this is uh, this is this is well. Anyway, okay. Let me read it for you. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you? It has a lovely uh, garnet color and opens aggressively with perfumey aromas of fruit and flowers. Mm. These aromas are framed by nubile notes of fruit, minerality, and earth. <laughs> the attack <laughs> is rich and gives way to a mid palate with breadth and depth, supported with refreshing acidity and integrated talons. Tannins, given proper cellar conditions, this wine will provide drinking pleasure through 2034. 
I want I want some nubile notes. Yes. Do you well, have Do you have any extra nubile notes? Yes. When you were curating things, did you find any extra nubile notes? Well, this writer managed to curate out any things that actually describe the wine. However, I, I there's no, do. There's no flavor or now, actual textures. Wait a minute. In. I can rich. tell by reading this. I can tell exactly that this is a red wine. Because it has a garnet color. Yes. Oh, you're right. You're right. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> there is gonna... nothing else. I like that. That he... tells me this is a red wine, except that he's going to age it for 20 years. So what the heck? Yes. I like the attack is rich and gives way to a mint palate with breath. And, and, I like uh, nubile notes of minerality. Nubile notes. That's really the good nubile one. notes. A fruit of... minerality earth. That's like everything, but not. And then we're not even get into the minerality being a descriptor that means nothing. Right. But but nubile minerality, I think, is probably something very different. Oh, because oh, it'd be young and wild. Well, and here's the other thing: it's good through 2034. That's 17 years, right? Well, so, it wouldn't be good through 2035 because that would be terrible, that right? Be 18 right, years, right? 18 years. Be, that yeah. wine is dead. And 16, I mean, you're close, but seven. Yeah, it's, this is this. in 2034. The nubile will no longer no longer be nubile, and the party's over for this wine. I think this writer was just making stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always that. He, no, he was curating. He, he curated stuff up is what he did. All right. Uh, and, you know, I, I, and given all that, I have no idea what that wine tastes like. No. But it does attack. And attack is important if it's nubile. The nubile attack of mineral notes. Yes, in any case. All right. Well, we are attacking back because we're taking some more questions. If you'd like to ask us a question, a reminder is that we are on rickandpaulwine.com. If you are not there, that is the place. If you're listening to us on Capital Public Radio, you've been linked back to it. Uh, so ask us a question. Cool. And we'll, we'll give you a, a, a polite and curated answer. <laughs> this one is from Courtney uh, in Truckee. Cool. Up by the Sierra, up by yeah, Tahoe. Yeah, yeah. I read wine blogs now and then and saw where someone did a study saying that white wines go better with cheese than reds. Hmm. And lots of people went nutso in her wine blog, I'm assuming, and said that was outrageous and how could they say that? So I have two questions. Doesn't all wine go with cheese? <laughs> yes, I would pretty much argue. <laughs> and why are so people so hyper-nutso about it? Okay. Um, I, I, uh, I, by the way, I, I remember reading that study, so I went back and looked it up, and it was in the Journal of Food Science, and it was a scientist from Argentinian National Scientific and Technical Research Council, which is kind of cool, but I like this part coming up is good. It was that scientists spent two years exploring wine and cheese pairings at the Center for Taste and Feeding Behavior in Dijon, France. <laughs> which is in the heart of Burgundy. Yeah, but I like the Center for Taste and Feeding Behavior. I would like to be a subject. You could be curated in yes. that subject. Yes, feeding behavior. That's so here's good. the part that, you know, there is a very old saying in the world of wine, which is you you sell, you buy tasting apples and you sell tasting cheese because all wines taste better when they're served with cheese. And most wines taste worse if they're served with apples. So, in fact, Courtney's absolutely right. Almost all wine goes pretty well with some and, kind of and cheese. And it's the fat in the cheese that does it. It's sort fat of just, and sometimes and the salt, salt, too. Right. Yeah, so yeah. They both soften yep. sort of the acids so, and the tannins. So yeah, I yeah. think the really important thing here is to get to her second question. Which is why people go nutso? Yeah, but, you know, she says, why are people so hyper-nutso about it? And I would say you could leave off the last two words. <laughs> and, Courtney, we can't answer that question. Why are people so hyper-nutso? We don't know. We're not hyper-nutso. We're not hyper-nutso at all. Talking about. We never go nuts. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and the thing is, <laughs> Courtney, there is the uh, angels dancing on the head of the pin school of wine cool, you know, where right. it is – no matter what somebody says, you uh, you demonstrate your coolness by disagreeing with the, the number of angels. Well, and by pointing out that 
the reason they think there are fewer angels on the head of no, the pin... No, I meant more angels. Paul, what are you talking about? No, I'm no. telling you... Oh, wait, 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 they sorry. think there are fewer angels on the head of the pin because they can't see all the angels that you can see on the uh, head of the pin. Oh, I see what you're see? saying. And yeah. that shows that you're much more intelligent and clever. Well, my angels tell me that I'm smarter and that... You, there just, is, you just listen to those angels, right? There is... Uh, but there's also this another thing in the church of wine, as I call it, which is this thing where... Everybody, not everybody, but those Church of Wine subscribers— The bishops. The bishops. You know, there is something in them, and you, we all know those people that want everybody to agree with them on everything, to believe whatever they believe. Oh, I'm not sure that's team, true, Rick. I, I mean— <laughs> I was going to tell you why you were wrong disagreeing with me. But, and, you know, it's the, and there's, there's, you know, like if it's the kind of Pinot Noir that I like, right. then darn it, that's the only kind of Pinot Noir people it's the should only drink. Re- no, no. It's the only really good only really kind good. of Pinot It's the only that's real right. Pinot Noir. That's right. Yeah. It's the only real food and wine or food and wine and cheese pairing is, you yes. know, smoked cheddar and— and Guinness. Yes, Guinness Stout actually is not bad. <laughs> but yes, in any case. So, uh, Courtney, you go, you're darn right. You open your bottle of wine, you get the cheese you like, you have a cheesy good time. And curate your list of friends so there aren't any hyper nutsos on it. <laughs> yes, which would then leave us out. <laughs> <laughs> what else we got? Okay, uh, two quick questions. Uh, this was from Heather and Roseville, mm-hmm, close mm-hmm. to us. You guys make fun of sommeliers a lot. Uh, yes, we do, but we also respect them. We just need to say we respect many, many people. And as she continues, the wine people at some of the restaurants I go to are usually very nice. Yes. But every time I see a picture of one, including the people I like, they seem like such unwelcoming stiffs. Why do they take pictures like that? That's a really, really, really good question. And Heather, we have no answer for that. I got no answer for that. No, it, I think actually it's the photographer who wants to take the picture of the sommelier and has an image in mind of what a sommelier looks like. And that image is somebody who, frankly, isn't very friendly. And even the ones that pretend or, or aspire to be a more open and welcoming personality so they won't show up in the tuxedo, they won't have the silver test hanging around their neck – but somehow they'll still have that attitude of, yeah, I mean, I'm really smart and you probably aren't. And often that picture is they're overdressed, their arms are crossed, you know, or they right. or, or they got their nose in the glass. Right. You know, and some, you know, and, and the thing is, uh, you and I have had this conversation many a time on the air. We will continue to, which is. They know you're in the wine business. You don't actually have to have a glass of wine in your nose. It says wine sommelier. Just right. smile. Right. Be nice. Be, be welcoming. Nice. That's their right. job is to be hospitable, not cool. But it is it is just one of the ethics of the, that business. And you're right about the photographers. And I think a lot of a lot of the younger psalms just feel like they have to aspire to be like the older psalms. I mean, those are the pictures that they see, right. so they feel that's how they're supposed to be. Yep. You know, and it's the uh, maybe back to that church of wine thing I was talking about, where everybody feels like this is how you get accepted. Right. You have I to see wear the robes. You, I see you get accepted wearing a funny hat. <laughs> I want to see a guy wearing well, like a go- big but, nose but and those glasses. There are many people who said, Rick, that the funny hats you wear have kept you out of a lot of places. So yes, well, it's not actually my the funny hats; it's my personality. <laughs> but um, I. I, that's why I go in the back door. And then I wear a, uh, a mask and they go, oh, you're the sommelier. No, never mind. All right. That's really – anyway, Heather, you're totally right. All right. This is from Travis and Lodi. Mm-hmm. Is a site-specific wine special? I went to a winery where they were talking about that. I didn't know exactly what they meant. What is a site-specific wine? Yeah, well, it generally means that it's a wine made from one specific parcel of vineyard. And is it special? 
completely depends on the vineyard. So yeah, if, it if it's is, any good, it's special. <laughs> if it's not good, it's not. So if it is one of the rarest wines in the world, a Domaine de la Romanie Conti. Uh, which, is, which is in Burgundy. Which is in Burgundy and has a very specific vineyard there that's very clever and all the rest, Romanie Conti, then it's probably pretty special wine. But if some farmer has suddenly decided that he wants to call those seven acres over there over on the other side of the river his site-specific wine. And we have no idea whether it's any good or not. And I would say there's only one way to really tell whether that wine is special. I know, I know. Taste Go ahead, it. tell them, Rick. You taste it. And, and if they tell you it's really special, then what do you do? Well, if you like it, yeah. you're right. And if you hate it, you're right. <laughs> you taste it again. Yeah. yeah. And you make up your own mind yeah. as to whether it's any good or not. Yeah. And, you know, there is a thing in wine that is a good thing, which is that, you know, lots of talk about wine is that it they can tell a story of a place in a way. You know, wines from Chianti Classico have their own sensibility about them. Wines from Burgundy certainly have their own sensibility. Wines from Napa Valley or Sonoma can often have their own sensibility. We like that about wine. One of the things about wine is it can make us travel in our own minds to the places True. where they come from. And so it's, at the it's same advertising time. and talking and all that sort of – so they're talking it up that way. But but it still has to mean something in that the, the place is good. And, and I would just point out that some of the most famous wines in the world – for example, Dom Perignon is a wine that is blended from vineyards in different parts of Champagne because that's the way they make Dom Perignon. Right. And it's not a site-specific wine right. any more than any other Champagne is anyway. It is just a thing. It's not the only thing. <laughs> Good. Speaking of a thing, we yes. like to think of ourselves as a thing. So we're <laughs> going to end this thing for the day. That is it for another round of Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. Our producer is Matt Machini. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Thanks to Capital Public Radio for the studio use and for putting us in their podcast lineup, those foolish, foolish people. If you'd like to ask us a question, go to rickandpaulwine.com. If you'd like to tell Capital Public Radio they made a mistake, keep it to yourself. No, no, no. no. We'll cure it. We promise to curate all those comments. And don't forget, you can ask us any kinds of questions and look for us on iTunes. And if you learned anything today, we hope it's you can do anything. You can't, excuse me, you cannot do anything wrong with wine. Unless possibly it's listening to our podcast. You're including us in your podcast lineup. Maybe they need to curate their lineup a little better. <laughs> I'm Rick Cushman. I'm Paul Wagner. Remember, the best wines you drink are with friends. Or with us. Especially us. <laughs> <laughs>